Hey kids, it's time for Surf Shorts! Welcome to the Surf Shorts Podcast, an innovator in modern storytelling, looking towards the future, using business terms like radical, off the lip, caught inside and totally tubular. Surf Shorts, the storytelling podcast, recorded on VHS then downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. It's totally radical. Hey everyone, as most of you know, this episode is brought to you by Outer Banks Hammocks, obxhammocks.com, handmade in the USA, two-year guarantee. They've been doing it since 1971. And when you think of OBX hammocks, don't just think of hammocks, think of swings and chairs, stands, accessories, and outdoor furniture. obxhammocks.com has Outer Banks aluminum and resin wicker furniture, three birds casual teak, Pauly's Island Durawood, and Summer Classic. You can click on obxhammocks.com to find out more about their high-quality hammocks and outdoor furniture. Outer Banks Hammocks for the ultimate lay. Savage Surfboards since 1982. Know your shaper. Recording on VHS and downloaded to cassette for maximum audio quality. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Surf Shorts this week. I really do appreciate it. I hope you all know that, whether you're from the Carolinas, the East Coast, the United States, or the rest of the world. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really do appreciate it. This is another super combo episode. I'm calling Five Summer Stories. What an original name, huh? What an original name for a surf media title. Five summer stories. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, that's what we're going to call this because it's summertime right now in the United States. And this is a combination of five stories from the last five months. Thought you'd like to check it out. What my last Fiverr episode was a big hit. So thought you might like another one. Here we go. Hang on. Our first story is Bob. Bob in Trinidad. If you listen to Bob's episode, you'll know that he had a really interesting time at the airport, but this is not that part of it. This is Bob in Trinidad, and the party is about to get started. There's more going on in Tobago than just waves. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, probably the biggest celebration, Carnival. Yeah. It's going on in February. Yeah. It'll start it, in February. A lot of my generation would know that from Wyclef Jean. He talked about <laughs> it a lot. Uh-huh. But, and so in every village or town, and again, we're in Buku, they had their own steel band. Right. And they'd be practicing it every night just to get it right. And you'd go to sleep oh, uh, listening to the steel band, just putting you to sleep, uh, lullaby on you. And it wasn't motorized. I mean, I mean these these tubs. Oh yeah, whatever you call them, were on like rails, right? But they, they were on rails. Yeah, with wheels on it. So they just the townspeople would pull them down the street. It's kind of like a carriage for all the and the, the drummer or the uh, steel band oh, dudes uh, yeah. would be you know ding 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 and walking along as this, as each oh like the village would be pulling them. Like a moving concert. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool. And so uh, we get there of the day of where all of the bands from different cities, they're all dressed up, you know, got their own colors on. Yeah, their own style. Yeah, yeah. right. <clears throat> and so 
you know, and just to be sociable, the rum starts flowing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you, you can't yeah, be stuck up rum, about it. You got, you know, yeah. <laughs> when uh, you're in rum, do us the rummings. Yeah. Switching from Trinidad, we're moving over to Nicaragua now, and Chow, that's right, Chow from Surf City, Myrtle Beach, he's coming into Nicaragua, and the swell is on the up. We roll up, it's getting dark, we get dropped off at this random, we don't know where we are. Right. And it kind of reminds me of Chopu, Tiapu, however you want to pronounce it, it's the it's the end of the road. Right. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Tahiti, but that is. You drive to the end of the road and there's a break. Same thing with this hotel. It was actually across the river mouth. It's Guasacate, right across is Popoyo. And, but they called it Popoyo just because it was, that's what you wanted to hear and, and know. But now, technically, it was Guasacate. We get there and it's thumping. Like right. you can hear, the, and it is the biggest swell they'd had in 25 years. Now, is it dark? It's getting talk- dark. Right, okay. So by the time we check in and get our hotel, Donald Stone's in the restaurant. So you've got this U-shaped hotel. In the middle is table chairs, and they serve you food there. Everybody, we show up, and you could cut the tension with a knife. It was huge. Like, oh, oh, okay. And we kind of peek around and look at the pictures, and we're like, like yeah, this is yeah. what we're getting into at sunrise tomorrow. Right. And mind you, I had literally sailed around the world and surfed waves, so my mind was straight with big wave surfing. Yeah, but it's look, it's always good to ease into it if you haven't been in big waves in a while. It's nice to get a couple well, of days of warm-up. I can up. tell you what, I don't go to Outer Reef anymore, but back then <laughs> I used to go to Outer Reef. So we went there and, and looked at it, and you could hear it just crash, and we went up the next day. I mean, it's triple overhead and, and just the normal inside Popoya. So right. there's an Outer Reef out to the left. So one of my team riders who Henry Martin, crazy as hell, loves big, you know, big waves had been out there. He was there a couple of days before us. And it was like Surfer Magazine was there, boats, photographers. The we, works. The yeah. works. Zooming out now on our Google Maps, we're going to cross the Pacific Ocean from Nicaragua over to Hawaii. Hawaii, where Jacob Fresh out of high school is landing on the North Shore for the first time. I started going out to the North Shore because I looked up to people like Jonathan Mincher and Mark Yonkers and Rob Brown, and they were always going to the North Shore every winter, and I wanted to be just like them. So, uh, yeah, lo yeah. and behold, me and my best friend, Evan Barton, we when we turned 18, we left a note under our parents' door and took off to Hawaii in the middle of the night. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Are you serious? And we slept in tents and, and on people's couches the whole nine. And yeah, we were encouraged so, to do this through Yonks and Robin Minch because they had gone out and camped out on the North Shore before too. So we were like, this is what we want. We want to go surf pipe and we want to get barreled. We want to push our surfing limits. And so <laughs> if we ask our parents, they're going to be like, no, like... Evan hadn't graduated high school yet. He was doing online high school, and <laughs> his mom, no chance, would let him go if we told him so. Oh, my gosh. We let him know, or, yeah, we let him know right when we got up there, and they were not happy, but they ended up forgiving us, and we came home a month and a half later. <laughs> Zipping down from Hawaii and across the globe, we find ourselves in Australia with Jesse, who's just made it on the ESA All-Star team and is heading out 
to the land down under. Yeah, so I uh, I went to Australia, went for, gosh, I guess it was two and a half weeks. I went with the ESA All-Star team, and I had surfed ES, the ESA my whole life growing up and done tons of contests. And finally, one year, everything came together, and, and I got a good result at regionals and a good result at Easterns, and that put me on the All-Star team. So awesome. I got to go. Yeah, so that time, they, they had gone to Australia five or six years in a row. They did a month trip. You kind of went for two, two and a half weeks, and then another group came in at some point. So they split the All-Stars up. So where where in Australia did you go? The place that we surfed with, where this story takes place is the lead guy named Brian that took care of the ESA. He was the ESA director or ESA All-Star director. Uh, he was there with us, and he's from Florida. Okay. And we get to Sydney, and we surf a couple days, and he's like, hey, my buddy from Florida has lived here for 10 years. We're going to meet up with him. He's going to take us to this break that nobody really goes to. It'll be really fun. And we're like, all right, that sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You're stoked on that. I mean, good Lord. I mean, already we'd been there and, and had barely surfed with anybody because it was kind of cloudy and one day was rainy and no one was surfing. So we'd kind of surf by ourselves. So we meet up with this guy, and I forget his name, but just this Floridian guy. They knew each other, and he comes, and he's talking to us, and he's telling us about all these breaks and, and this and that. He takes this place that he called the farm. The farm, you pull up, and it's a parking lot, and you're up on top of this big hill. All right. So you get out of the car, and you look out. It's just this big kind of bowl-shaped beach. You know, it's okay, big, like, like a horse, bay? Yeah, big like horseshoe-type bay. Horseshoe bay. Okay, yeah. yeah. And you're up on this cliff and, you know, when you're up on a cliff, you're up high, waves seem to flatten out and, and you're like, oh, it looks, I mean, it looks good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You but, can't tell. You but you're like, I mean, me. I don't know. It's, there's no one surfing. We're here by ourselves. Uh, it looks like it's, you know, chest high or something, long rights on one end of the bay. And so he's like, oh yeah, it's, it's probably, it's probably a little bit bigger than chest high. <laughs> okay. And so we're like, like we're okay, on okay, it, dude. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll do it. And, uh. So we all start figuring out what surfboard we're going to ride. We only have two. Right. So we all brought pretty much just our regular shortboard and a backup. Um, I brought a board that was a little bit bigger than my regular shortboard just in case it got big. I was like, oh, just, you know, it's chest high. So we uh, started heading down the hill. I grabbed my regular shortboard, which was at the time, 6'2", 18 and a quarter probably. Right. Oh, yeah. Teeny, little yeah. Sh- little shortboard. <laughs> so, yeah, so we are, uh, so we get to the bottom of this cliff and I look out and I'm like, Oh, it's, it's big, but that's all right. You know, we, we were all there to surf, good surf and it was clean and it was a right point break. And we were like, this is, and you, and you already had a couple of days of good surf under your belt. Right. So you're probably feeling more comfortable than normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and no one was out. So we're like, there's 10 of us. We've got the whole place to ourselves. This is going to be awesome. So we paddle out and, and you get out there and it's, it's, what I would have called double overhead. Yeah. East coaster would call double overhead. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was good size and it was, it was thick and, and kind of barreling and, and, uh, definitely steeper takeoffs. But at the same time, we were all riding little boards. So we're yeah. like, the wind was offshore pretty hard and had a l- couple things going against us right off the bat. Sure. But got out there and caught a few waves and each wave got a little, you know, a little more comfortable, a little felt a little bit better about it. And 
you know, pulled into a couple barrels and, and got, uh, you know, got closed out on and that kind of thing. And you're like, Oh, this is fine. And then, uh, I was paddling back out. Pat that was on the trip drops in on this wave and he does this big bottom turn and comes off the top and does a huge top turn. And he comes flying past me. He's just yelling the whole time. And then right behind him, Brett's right behind him and he's drops in and does another big bottom turn and comes flying off the top of the wave at 10. Yeah. Yeah. Like 10 years old. And you're just like, Oh my gosh, like these guys are just killing it. So I get back out to the lineup and this Big set comes in, and as I'm paddling, I look down the line, and there's Pat and Brett paddling out. Back across the Pacific Ocean, we find Josh. Josh in Hawaii right now, and Josh is going to find himself a new break, Barber's Point. Hey, there must be something to a name, right? So we would travel all around Oahu, so the, the you know, I lived in Eva Beach was kind of the west side of Pearl Harbor on the south side of the island. And so I would surf Barber's Point, which was a naval air station. Yeah. And that was cool because, you you know, you had the the summer swell would come in. Of course, you know, Waikiki and Alamoana Bowls and all that. But um, it got pretty crowded. Mm-hmm. And so we would take the opportunity to surf Barber's Point, which at that point was pretty private. Um, they didn't allow um, just anybody on base. Oh, wow. So it's not just military, you know, they don't allow all the military there. No, you you could have, but I oh, mean, it's I so, yeah, it's, yeah. it's so off the beaten path. I say that because we just knew generally speaking that the point was in that direction and there's like a sandy road that's heading that way. And so we got my buddies. 1970-something VW bus Yeah, threw all the boards in there. And, um, well, let me ask you, were you already surfing that day? Yeah, of course. Oh, so you yeah. knew there was waves and you were having fun. You're like, maybe it's better than this. Always, right? Isn't yeah. that always the yeah. thing? It's like you, you pat on and you're like, man, I wonder what the jetty's doing. Yeah, down the beach syndrome. That's what we used to call it. Yeah. You'd be surfing and, you, you know, you're on the East Coast. You look down the beach. Like, ah, it looks better down there. It's a DBS. That's what we called it. DBS? Down, down the beach syndrome. Oh, yeah. It's like that mirage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like the mirage in the cartoons where the guy's like in the desert looking for water. That's right. Sees this oasis. Yeah. I've paddled for those waves. They don't exist. Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> They're not there. Yeah, so... We, we'd never been down these sandy trails and uh, we knew it, it was more for, you know, a vehicle than a hike. We knew we were going to have to put some, some miles down these roads. Yeah, it was a ways. Yeah. And it's hot too. I mean, that side of the island is what they call it, the leeward side. It's kind of the, the deserty side, you yeah. know, where you got the east side, the windward side, you know, where the... The clouds get just ripped open by the mountains and it dumps and it's like a rainforest. But then when it gets to that side, it's like desert. Yeah. And it's hot. So anyway, we jump in this fan, but we don't want to get stuck in these sand roads, you know, because that would yeah. be devastating, you know, ruin a whole surf day like that. Yeah. Getting yourself out of the sand. Yeah. Uh, so we're like going, I don't know, probably 30 miles an hour, 40 in some yeah. spots. Keeping your speed up so you don't sink. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the tree line is about 10 feet all around us, surrounding us. I mean, we literally can't see, but, you know, 100 feet in front of us and definitely can't see anything to the left or right of us. Just 
branches whizzing by our head. Yeah. Trying not to get stuck. And we're trying to find Barber's Point. All of a sudden, we come to an opening and we launch up. And we, you know, I can't tell you how high we got, but we got airborne and we landed on a tarmac. (laughs) In Supercross, we call that a step on. You hit a jump and you go up and then you land on a tabletop. Yes. You stepped on out out of the jungle. Out of the jungle onto a naval air station landing strip or takeoff strip, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, so I used to trees, 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 nothing. I'm on a runway. I'm on a runway. I look to my right and I see it, it seemed like it went on forever. But then, you know, you look up and you're like, that's a flight tower. <laughs> now, remember, Bob, he's down in Trinidad. The party's on at Carnival. The drums have been played. The night got crazy. What happened? The Buku band starts going, you know, say, okay, let's go. And so we're, we're helping them, helping the town pull them, pull them. Oh, you're pulling on the vehicle. And so uh, I wake up the next morning and um, my hands, I go, guys, why are my hands hurting so bad? They go, damn, Bob, you were pulling that cart so fast that they couldn't keep up and they had to start beating your hands <laughs> to stop you from pulling them on there. Uh, on the cart. On the cart. You're moving them too quick. And yeah, it just, yeah, the round was kicking in by the yeah. end. I said, come on, let's go. Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, that's why my hands were hurting like that. Yeah. So, and carnival lasts for oh, a long time. Yeah, it was. Um, I, you know, I can't really be, well, I can't remember, Matt. <laughs> I wonder why I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, I think we did a couple of days and then we just wore out. We just can't yeah. go as long as I could. Been for a day or two. Yeah, <laughs> to, I'm good for that, but. Yeah, I uh, have to check out. Uh, my DNA won't let me go like that. Back in Nicaragua with the chow. He's paddled out first thing in the morning, bleary-eyed into some monster surf. Let's see what happens. He tapped me one morning. He's like, I brought a 610. And he's like, you want to go out there? I was like, sure. So we paddle out in the channel. I have to take a pause and throw up and relieve myself. And <laughs> like, oh, great. So we get out there. It's just the two of us. We surf for like two hours caught four waves wow and a boat came by dropped in caught a couple but i mean it was 20 plus foot faces yeah so this so this four hours i mean this four waves in two hours is this just you being cautious and Absolutely. making sure you got the right i mean yeah. this is my second day there yeah like you're not getting the first wave of a set no you're not getting anything just you're not trying sure to figure about. it yeah. out that's right yeah. and, and uh you know just kind of just in awe it was, it was perfectly huge it was huge yeah. and the way that thing is what's so funky about that break is it bends on this reef so you'll get you'll get this wave and, and you you know the safest places in the barrel <laughs> but it bends and yeah. you kind of like, should I straighten out? Like what to do? So yeah. it kind of is a head game. And, and 15, 20 years being down there, you know, a lot of Hawaiians come through there and we've snorkeled the reef. It's a gnarly reef. Yeah. There's caves, you know, great lobster to get off there. But, That's cool. Yeah. But it's, it's a funky reef and it's shallow. Remember Jacob, he's floating around the North shore, almost penniless right now. And with only his friends from the Carolinas to rely on. We were, yeah, we were camping under um, a friend's house. 
And then, you know, Dylan Kowalski, he has a house right at Rocky Point. And so we would, you know, go over there and we'd bounce around. We met new people, just, just move our tent around. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's cool. So you just, you did a whole six weeks on the North Shore out of a tent for on the cheap. We were at a tent like half the time and then like on friends' couches the other half of the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And I bet you met a bunch of like professional surfers that definitely you've been yeah. watching. I mean, the North Shore their is career. the mecca of pro surfing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I doubt you could walk down the beach at a, you know, at a, on a really good day at Pipe <coughs> and not just be like, I know that guy. I know yeah. that guy. I know that guy. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like in the wintertime, like pretty much. Starts in November through March is just like one huge swell after the next. Yeah. If you look at the surf line forecast, it's never smaller than like six to eight feet pretty much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. You know, I have, I have friends that go out and do that. You know, I have a, a, a guy that, a friend of mine who I know I don't see very often, but I know we surf together and he's still doing it. Wintering on the North Shore. Nice. Living the life, and man, you can't you can't fault anybody for that. Back in the land down under, Jesse's looking at a new surf break. It's a horseshoe bay. He's out there with the other ESA All Stars, and the swell is on the rise, and the boards don't match. And they're both yelling. Yeah, like go go go. The pressure is yeah. on. And all I can think in my head is that both these guys just had amazing waves where they dropped in, they did this big bottom turn and came right off the top. So I paddled, I dropped in, went straight to the bottom, right? Big bottom turn came right off the top. I hadn't in my head thought about the offshore wind being so hard. Okay. So I kind of treated it as a small wave and turned right up at the top. Yeah. Which a lot of times would just kind of just throw you off the back and you'd be fine. But I, it was a little too steep where I turned, so it kind of stuck me in the lip. But then the offshore wind wouldn't let me back down either. <laughs> so here I was, stuck in the lip, nowhere to go, and it just tossed me over the falls. And I was like, oh, you know, no big deal. But as soon as I hit, the wave broke on top of me and drove me straight to the bottom. But yeah, so it, so I hit the bottom and I'm and it's just holding me there. And I put my feet on the bottom and I pushed up as hard as I could. And uh my head hit the bottom. And I was like, what? I pushed off the bottom again and I hit the bottom again. Were you and, upside down on your surfboard? No. Uh so it was the white water was was kind of rolling so hard that when I hit the bottom I push back into the white water again and it would uh -huh. just push me back down. <laughs> so, and when I hit, I kind of, I kind of lost my breath and I kind of struggled with this wave and sure. it wouldn't let me up. And I kept going and going. And finally I, uh, I just kind of laid out and said, well, this is it. This is, I have no breath left. I can't get to the surface. I'm done. This is the end. Soon as I did and I laid there, I popped right up to the surface. And I remember I was, I, I was in like five foot of water at this point yeah. and taken me all the way in and I, I swam to the beach, um, sat there pretty much hacked up along. Sure. Yeah. Uh, looked out, got mad, looked back out again, eventually went back out. Yeah. I understand the anger. 
Yeah, but it was yeah. like, this wave has just beat me. Yeah. Like, it whooped me. But the good thing is, is that later that day, we were coming back, and I was explaining. I was like, man, I just got, just rolled on that thing. Like, it wasn't that big of a wave, but it just kept rolling me and rolling me and rolling me. It was either Brett or Cash. I forget one one of the 10-year-olds. Right. Um, or 12 year, however old they were. They looked at me, and they were like, well, you know... If you fight the wave, the wave will win. And if you relax, it'll spit you out every time. And since then. That's what you've done. Yeah, I've ridden waves way bigger than that and gotten in way worse situations. And here it is. You know, you just lay there and rolls you a time or two and throws you out of the back. So, yeah. So out in Hawaii, Josh and his friend trying to find Barber's Point find themselves on a military runway. Hmm. Let's see how that went down. It's a military installation, and I just know I'm going to be in captain's mass, right? Like, I'm going to have to talk to my captain about how I ended up, you know, on a runway with my buddy and all of our boards. Yeah, yeah, you got the the guy from uh, Top Gun with the half cigar, and he's like chewing you out, and you're standing there sweating in your uniform, right? That, that is that is inaccurate. <laughs> depiction. That's as, that's as much as I know about the military, what yeah. I see on TV. Yeah, right? that's pretty much it. Yeah. We could have used Maverick that day. We could. <laughs> so anyway, we um, just as fast as we got on that land strip, we, we got off of it because we were hauling butt and we basically just got right back into the, the jungle and we maintained that speed and probably a little faster now because we knew for certain Somebody was going to come. S- somebody us. is coming. Yeah. yeah. Some some sort of some sort of MP is coming. Yes. Your direction. Yes. I'd love to have heard the conversation in this bus as you're sawing your way through the forest. The conversation went, "Let's just go faster, <laughs> <laughs> fast enough to avoid, but slow enough to not get our boards to jump up and down. Yeah. So back in in the back through their it's a de- like, delicate balance. Yeah." <laughs> Between like eluding the military police and dinging your surfboards. Exactly. And we we came to a beach. It was, nobody was there. I don't think anybody's ever been there except for maybe, you know, during training operations. We knew like this is probably the last time we'd ever surf, ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so we paddled out there and uh, we probably spent about 20 minutes trying to find a wave. We didn't want to leave because we knew it. This is it. Yep. And all of a sudden, we heard over the tree lines that we just blew out of <laughs> choppers. And before you know it, they had scrambled this whole like regiment of helicopters and they ended up just circling around us and guys hanging off the, I don't know what you call them, the skids maybe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They were just kind of like pointing fingers and yeah, yeah yelling at us. Chrome aviators. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so... You know, they, they, they flew around us for like five minutes and I can imagine the conversations with them, you know, like calling back to the flight tower, like, are they terrorists? No, they're either hippies yeah, with this bus or they're surfers. And so I think our hairdos kind of gave it away that we were, we yeah. were safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so what happens after this like helica- helicopter soiree, you know, you're like in the middle of the roundup. So they they left and we figured, you know what? Now they know our location. So if we do hang out here in this really crappy surf area, um we we will be busted. Yeah, for and sure. And so 
we decided once the helicopters left that the best bet is to get in the van, go as fast as we did. (laughs) We only knew one way. (laughs) Which was back across the tarmac. Yes. And so we went just as fast over the tarmac, (laughs) back to our regular surf spot, and then we got off base and... That was it. We never got busted. I, I can imagine like some guys in the control tower with their binoculars and they're just shaking their head, you know, like they see you going back the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, yeah, it could be that or they're like, oh no, our surf breakup found out. The yeah, secret exactly. spot is yeah. up. No, that that hey, that's why he didn't get busted. If it had actually been a point ba- break, and there'd have been like peeling off, I assume, I guess, lefts from this point, right? There'd have been just peeling off ways. Then you'd have been busted, yep. hauled off, and like this whole crew of dudes that served would be like, nah, these got nah. uh We had been breaking rocks in Leavenworth. Yep. That, that's exactly. It's exactly what would happen. <laughs> Surf Shorts Podcast. Outer Banks Hammocks for the Ultimate Lay. OBXHammocks.com on the web. Savage Surfboards since 1982. Know your shaper. Thank you so much for listening to Surf Shorts this week. I really do appreciate that. Hey, the time is finally here. The big surfboard giveaway is officially starting. Here's how you enter. Rules and regulations will be posted on our websites www.surfshortspodcast.com. But here is how you get started if you want to enter. It's very simple. Subscribe to the Surf Shorts podcast. Send me a screenshot of your subscription showing that it's you and you're in. You can send that to me over Instagram or to surfshortspodcast at gmail.com. Either one of those gets you in. There are a few few rules besides that. Like I said, everything's posted. You should have a great chance of winning. I mean, how many people listen to this rinky-dink surf strip, right? All right. Savage Surfboard for you. Custom Savage Surfboard. We're giving it away in August. Subscribe. Get your friends to subscribe. Surf Shorts Podcast. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that a cool show? I really did like that show. Uh, I hope you liked it because, good Lord, I've got a headache. I was editing this thing for, like, evers. All right, y'all, listen. I say surf. You say shorts. Surf. Shorts. Surf. Shorts. I say, uh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it.